0: Verse number 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I ask your blessing upon the service today. Lord, I pray that you be glorified and honored. Please control what I say and how I say it. I pray for your grace and your help. Lord, I pray your word would strengthen your people and be a help today. Uh, Lord, please use this. I pray this time would not be in vain. Lord, help me to stay focused, and and I pray that you'd be glorified and honored. Lord, if there's anyone here who does not truly know Christ as their Savior, Lord, I pray for that this evening. I pray for that, that conviction, that drawing, that even this evening they'd repent and place their faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, we are in the book of 1 Thessalonians and coming near the end of it here and uh, we'll probably be finished with it here probably just a couple of weeks right now one or two more weeks will be about it we'll go right into second Thessalonians and remember this is a church as we get into these commands today this is a church that was dealing with a lot of trials and and difficulties this was a, 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 a they they had struggles right from the very onset when the apostle Paul came in after he left Philippi, head into Thessalonica there to establish this church, and it was not easy, as, many, as was the case many a times when Paul came into a location to start a church. There was always usually uh, uh, trials and struggles and heartache and difficulties and, and some pretty amazing difficult circumstances to overcome. And it's in this context, we have these series of commands right here, of this church that has its genuine struggles, yet they are thriving. Their faith is, is becoming known, even with all the difficulty that they're facing. And Paul instructs them to rejoice evermore, to pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. And of course, these are probably uh, uh, some commands, that all of them here, ones that can certainly change your Christian life, it can change how you view life. And, uh, and I, I certainly think we need understanding of them and know how to follow them. And that's, and that's the goal of what I'm trying to do here, even with this one. I mean, these first three certainly seem impossible. I mean, to be able to rejoice evermore, to pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. But as we've already looked at the first two, I, I, I was trying to demonstrate scripturally how they are possible, how that can take place in your life, how, how even during times of sorrow you can still have rejoice And, and we looked at that. How to be in a constant state of prayer, to have that attitude of prayer when things come up throughout the day, to pray without ceasing. We looked at being persistent uh, um, last time we were in First Thessalonians, two weeks ago. Persistent in prayer, have a passion in prayer, and focusing on those things that will pull you into a life of constant prayer before the Lord. And, uh, so, um, and then, so today we're going to be getting into this third one here, and that of, in everything give thanks. And this one, of course, specifically mentions it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I mean, if you're looking for the will of God, this is it. This is more important than any geographic location. You can even take in an aspect of ministry as a pastor in my life, the importance of this, because the strength of of ministry, the strength of what I'm able to do for the Lord, whatever He's called you to do, much of what we're looking at right here in these simple words right here and everything, give thanks, um, will determine the success or failure of that especially in the wicked world that we live in, all, everything that we're facing at different times. And as we looked at the first two, we, uh, we understood that both of those required a focus on God, and that was the only way they were to become possible, for you to rejoice evermore. How you could do as Paul had said, um, uh, uh, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Because his focus was on God. In order to be able to pray without ceasing, your, your life has to be focused on God. And that's true of today's text as well. If you're going to be able to give thanks in everything, your life has to be focused on God. It's the only way that's possible. This is even perhaps the hardest of the commands that are given. Again, specifically mentioned in the stresses, this is the will of God for your life. There's about at least seven things that are specifically mentioned as the will of God, what we are to do. If you want to know the will for your, will of God for your life, these things do. You'll be in the will of God. Who'll control the rest? We know it's, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's God's will that people, that men and women, come to know Christ as Saviour. We know from Romans 12, 1 and 2 that it's the will of God that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That's the will of God for us. That we present our bodies, Lord, here's my life, it's yours, use it. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. That's the will of God. We know from Ephesians 5, starting in verse 17, that it's the will of God that we are controlled by God's Spirit. That we would be filled with the Spirit of God. We know from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we looked at that, that our sanctification, that we should even abstain from fornication. and, And it listed that we should be clean vessels. That's the will of God for your life. We know that it's also Submission. Interesting, this one is in there. When you get in the 1st Peter chapter 2, this is one of the seven where it specifically mentions the Word of God and has to submit to every ordinance of man. When it concludes in those verses, it submits that this is the will of God. We also know suffering. We also know suffering is in the will of God for our life. From 1st Peter chapter 3, 1st Peter chapter 4, and then here, the seventh one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, being thankful is the will of God. We live in a day, it's easy to see, really. It's, it's, you don't need me to teach it or preach it. But we live in a day when complaining and ingratitude are at an all-time high like we've never seen. There's this constant murmuring, complaining, this sense of entitlement. People are failing to see the incredible blessings of God all around we're too busy looking at what we don't have instead of what we do have. We're too busy thinking the grass is green around the other side with the different things of our life that produces that ingratitude, that unthankful spirit. We also have the issue not only that taking place, we also have the issue when it comes to giving thanks when it's something we don't like, when it's something that's difficult, when, when circumstances are tough and hard, to be able to give thanks when something like that comes up. So again, much like rejoice evermore, so much like pray without ceasing. I certainly want to try and be a help on how you can give thanks in everything. So we're going to look at tonight, I broke this down into three different uh, uh, areas. We're going to look at first off the certainty in gratitude. Then number two, the cause in gratitude. And number three, the case for gratitude of being in everything, being able to give thanks. So first off, certainty tonight about gratitude or truth on it. Some facts that we see, even, even from our text and pulling from, from some of the meanings of the word in our text right here to lay as a foundation to get to the next two points of the cause of ingratitude and a case for gratitude. The word, the, the word that starts off with, uh, the preposition that starts off here, in, is, is an interesting word in how it's used in Scripture. Uh, it, it shows that, well, let me, let me give the definition out, then I'll go from there. It denotes being or remaining within with the idea of rest and continuance. It is always in regards to place and space. L- let me show how it's used in other places in Scripture the exact same word. Mark ten sixteen. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. That's the same word right there. When Paul said, I thank God for your faith is spoken throughout the world, that word throughout is the same preposition that's used here. It's dealing with, with what's going on in your life regardless. It has no, it has no limit or, or defined sense for it. It's saying that this is, this is what we're to rest in, this is what we're to really be constant in, regardless of what's taking place, that we need that spirit of thankfulness. And, and even the word there, give thanks, is that word, we even get the word Eucharist from it. That is actually the Greek word. And it has the idea, again, without any limits, without, it's, it's giving of thanks without, confi- without confining it. And this, of course, is more of an attitude in your life than just an action. But it's easy to preach. I can get up here and preach. I mean, you can read it in your devotions and it says in everything, give thanks. But, when you're, but this is actually dealing with something that has to become part of the person that you are. This deals with our personality. This deals with who we need to be as a person. And remember, it is as we are yielded to the Lord, submitted to Him, bearing about the fruit of the Spirit in our life, that God does change you. So often we use that as an excuse. Well, that's just not my personality, Pastor. That's just not my temperament. If there's an imperative, if there's a command given, God expects you to follow it regardless of your personality. And he is the one who enables and gives the grace that is needed. So obviously, I understand, and that's the purpose of this message. It's much more than just me saying, all right, in everything, give thanks. Because there's a lot of things that's easy. We can come up in a testimony and I thank God for my church and for the word of God and for my salvation. That's easy. Everybody's thankful for that. But it's those other things. We know there's a danger in not being thankful. Look at Numbers chapter 11. One verse in Numbers chapter 11. I not know if i said this yet. Visitors, I'm so glad you're here. I appreciate you coming. We hope this is a help and a blessing to you tonight. You certainly will if you come here. We're glad the Lord's directed you here. We want you here. And you will get the Word of God. Numbers chapter 11. Just one verse. I want you to think about this. Look at just the first verse. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. We're familiar with this when the manna was was despised by them. They were tired of the manna and all that was taking place. They started complaining and murmuring. They had absolutely no gratitude for all of God's incredible provision and blessings in their life. For all the genuine, incredible miracles that God performed to give them deliverance out of bondage. And all that he did. They were slaves, their life was miserable, it was horrible. You go back to Exodus chapter 2. They are crying and crying and begging God for deliverance. All those years, 400 years, and now they're in this incredible time of bondage, and God delivers them. And within within a matter of weeks, losing sight of all that God did. And that opened the door for complacency. It opened the door for complaining. It opened the door for bitterness. Do you know how often... I mean, you think what God did for us in our salvation... When, when we heard the gospel, we understood what Christ did, did for us and we had that time of conversion in our lives where we repented and placed our faith in Christ. And all that He did in order to save us. So often, just like the children of Israel, we can forget about our own indifference. Complaining is always a result of ingratitude. Of failing to see all the ways that God is working in your life, just closing your eyes to all the blessings that are there. And you can see this brings, as this verse points out directly, it brings God's anger. And it should. I mean, think about it. Think of all that He does. Think of all the amazing provision and blessings, even with everything going on. Don't focus, don't miss the greatness of God, the goodness of God. You'll miss out on so much in life. You might have heard this story. The story of a man who was out and he happened to find the devil's barn were all the seeds that he used to sow into the hearts of men so he went inside the barn and he noticed the most common seed used there in the heart of men was discouragement the devil showed up and he asked him why why is that one more than any other he said because he can sow that seed in so many hearts And in turn, open the heart up to so many more things he can do once that sets in. And the devil told him, said, there's only one heart that he cannot plant this seed in. And he said, that is the heart that's full of gratitude to God. That's true. Listen, don't lose sight of all of God's blessings. We know from, we're not going to turn there for time's sake, but Romans 1 21. We know that being unthankful is a step towards a reprobate mind. They became unthankful. Th- that's, that's, that is a, an a incredible indication you have taken a big step away from God. We know from Philippians 4, 6, and 7, when that's not present, you will not have the peace of God. You won't. You won't have the peace of God. You need that peace of God which passes all understanding. So are there times that we actually need peace in life that go beyond what we can understand in our circumstances? All of us would agree, yes. We've been through a lot of that in the last few years. One thing that helps allow that to be possible is that spirit of gratitude. Look at Ephesians 5. This is interesting. I haven't really thought about this before, but look at Ephesians 5. Let's, let's start in verse 1. Just read a couple of verses. Be you followers of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given, uh, has given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling sip, reminding them what Christ did for them. Verse 3 now. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become the saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Why did I go here? Think about this. He is listing the fruits of a wicked life. He gives one attribute of what demonstrates a righteous life. One. A thankful spirit. A thankful spirit. That is something. When that is in place, that is demonstrating a a, a closeness to God. Allowing God's Spirit to control your life. It's the mark of a righteous person. We can see it, matter of fact, in different places in the Word of God. We won't turn there. Obviously, we know in Second Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days, a mark of, the, of, 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 of when the world is turning from the Lord is going to be unthankfulness. So we know that the spirit of ingratitude, being unthankful, is from our flesh. It is self-centered. It speaks to us, our own entitlement, and we fail to be thankful. One commentator said this, let me quote him. He can say it better than I can. He said, to live a righteous life means to be characterized by incessant gratitude. Because incessant gratitude means that you have a grip on the goodness of God in your life. And that you literally swept up in what God is doing in your life. You have a Godward focus, and that's the essence of righteous living. That's the essence of godliness. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. So there's a lot to this. Now, having that as a foundation, let me get to these two points. I'm going to cover this evening the cause of ingratitude. We know it's of the flesh, of course, and then the case for gratitude, for the why and the how we can possibly give thanks in everything in life. So let's look for a second here. It's it's not exhaustive, but just some key things that can lead to ingratitude in our life. Number one is unbelief. At times, you can lose that, that attitude of thankfulness before God, that submissiveness before Him. It's because you don't believe God can overrule the problems in your life. You don't believe God can actually bring about to His glory or His good, or you don't believe He has the desire to do so. That all stems from unbelief. But He certainly can. You fail to see how God can work. You fail to see how God can actually use, take a bad situation, and in His sovereignty, use it for something good. Because He can. This is a matter of faith. A heart that struggles with unbelief will also struggle with ingratitude when trials hit. Number two, selfishness. A self-centered life. We know that we all see this in toddlers. The one toddler who is the most selfish in the nursery that wants all the toys. He's usually the most miserable. It's always that somebody else has is better. But selfishness or a self-centered life will always hinder you from having a spirit of gratitude about your life. It's not nevertheless, your will be done, God. It's all the prayers for God or God. What I need God, this is what I expect you can become more concerned about your happiness above all else you will struggle with gratitude during difficult times and fail to see God's blessing in the midst of it. Life becomes too much about you. That will hinder you having a spirit of gratitude. Number three, what leads to ingratitude, is a critical spirit. The person who can find fault in anything, this is the person that get to heaven, walking the streets of gold. They're going to find something wrong. I mean, they just—I mean, really—they come in looking for a situation. Wow, they redid the platform. Let me see what's wrong. Wow, they they, they, they redid the—the the, what's the latest bathroom? The ladies' bathroom. Let's see what's wrong. Listen, you can find wrong in anything. Do you understand that? You can. It's easy. You fail to see the good. Listen, if you're a negative person, you open yourself up to many different sins. You do. Bitterness is easy to come by. Easy to find you. It's it's, it's one of those ones that's knocking at the door waiting to come in. Just waiting for the right opportunity to jump right in there. Usually this will lead to a general sour attitude in life. If it's unchecked, it'll destroy If it's unchecked, it'll destroy. By unchecked, let me rephrase it, if it's unrepented of. There will not be a spirit of gratitude. That person will not be able to to thank God in, in everything to give thanks. That won't be possible. I'll cover one more. This is just rebellion. Outright rebellion. Rebellion. You just, don't like your, you just don't like your lot in life. I just don't like what, what, where I'm at, what I have to deal with. You know, that was, that was a danger that we had to look out for on the, on the mission field. You know, I, I remember the, the different times when, when Mary and I would need to be an encouragement to each other with different struggles. I had my things that I struggled with. She had her things that she struggled with. Like some of the generator went out and that was out. That was a struggle. And, and she would come in and say, I, I don't understand why the Lord just doesn't put us where there's power. Let's just go to Cape, you know, the different places that didn't have that struggle. And so quickly what I would do, and she would always respond. Immediately. I'd say, well, here's where we could be. And I'd point to other missionaries we knew that had it much more difficult. And, and trying to focus on what all we do have. Some people are just plain angry with God because life hasn't gone the way they think it should. They just get plain angry at God. As if if their decisions or even the sinful decisions the result of a sin-cursed earth are somehow God's fault. So the spirit of rebellion will always kill a spirit of gratitude. They won't go together. The only thing you'll be thankful about when someone falls, fails, destroys, whatever. You'll be glad about that one. So for us, many times when we're trying to serve God, of the four that I've given, we, every single one of us has the exact same flesh and the same heart. We all have a sinful flesh. Any of us can fall into any of these. But for the most part, when you have Christians that are trying, this is the Wednesday night crowd, when you're trying, the one that we have to be most cautious of is unbelief, actually. Of simply not believing what God can do in the situation. Now, Thirdly, the last point tonight, the case for gratitude. Why we can give thanks in everything. So how is this even possible? How can we do this? How can we be thankful for all things? Again, as I've already said, it's easy to be thankful for your salvation. It's easy to come up and thank God for God's word, for your family, for your church. Um, But what about when all of a sudden you get the call from a doctor and something hits? What about then? What about all of a sudden you're facing a situation you never thought I would be here? When you're facing those trials that just look overwhelming or the heartaches that come in as a result of living in a sin-cursed earth. Remember how the, what the definition of that preposition It was this resting in God that's going to allow you to get there. All right, so let's go that route. Let me try and give some help here. Let me try and give some reason as to how and why we can give, in everything, give thanks. Number one, because God cannot make a mistake, it's not possible. He's perfect. I mean, He really is perfect. Do you understand that? He is. He really is perfect. To trust in that. He cannot make a mistake. Boy, that will help out much in your life. People can. But we... the The moment that I put my faith in Jesus Christ... Think about June 30th, 1982. When I responded to the Gospel... And I repented and I placed my faith in Christ... At that moment in time... I became a child of God right then and there. God's Spirit indwelled me, sealed me into the day of redemption. I was born again of God's seed. I became His. I became His. That transport me, if you will, just like it talks about in collages in different places, that now I'm not even of this world. I still have to live here. I have an opportunity to glorify God while I'm here, to serve Him. But now I'm His. Regardless of the different trials and things that come up, you you know what I can do is, I can pray without ceasing. I can get on my knees and bring it to Him. I'm not on my own in this thing. I'm not. Secondly, look at Psalm 106. Psalm 106. Two things are given here. That help us be in a place where we can follow this command in First Thessalonians five eighteen and everything give thanks. Look at the very first verse: Praise you the Lord! Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. This is this this is key here: the faith in this, in simply believing God is good. Knowing of the, the power of God, of His mercy and of His goodness, of just being set. Listen, even though with everything going on, God is good. I'm hoping you see that the ability that, 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 that can give you to be able to give thanks in everything. Knowing, listen, I, I, I serve a great God. I'm in a sin-cursed earth right now. But I'm so thankful that God is good. He knows what's going on. He is good. Greg has this shirt. He got my back. Little stick figures, and he's holding the other stick figure of the guy's back. But listen, when you are the Lord's, he has your back. He does. You can think of Joseph. All that that guy went through, all the trials, the Lord never revealed to Joseph, and he could have. He could have went to Joseph in those dreams before anything happened and said, Listen, Joseph, you're going to have to go through some amazing times of suffering right now that you're not going to understand. Just trust me. He didn't have that. But he still trusted God. You want to know why? We get, of course, we get it by the end of, at the end of his life. We get it. He knew God was good. He knew God was in control. So when he was almost murdered by his brothers... Sold as a slave. Accused of a crime he never committed. Put in prison for it. Forgotten about. He never allowed that ingratitude to come in. He never allowed that bitterness to come in. And when that moment finally hit, when he was standing before the leader of the world of that time, all of it had to hit him. Why, God did everything. How God God took the sin of His brothers and used it in an amazing way. How God had allowed this this uh, uh, woman who had lied on Him in that house, and how uh, God had used it. Now at this time, how God even allowed uh, um, allowed them to be forgotten about for that right moment in time when Pharaoh would have those dreams. None would be able to help. And then, wait, there's a man in that prison. All of God. And think back how God used all that. God turned something evil, and, and turned it into something really good. He allowed him to get to know the customs of Egypt when he was in Potiphar's house. Learn the language. I mean, there's so much training ground that he was going through that he never even understood. But what he did was simply trust God with it. Listen, God is good. I don't understand it. I just have to trust Him. That's what you do. And by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ did this Himself, did He not? He is hours away from being beaten. From being tortured. From being whipped. From being crucified. He gets out the bread and the juice. Know what He does? He gives thanks. He he knew what was coming. And make no mistake, the weight of what was, was coming was upon Him. We also see the key to that who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Nobody knew even in difficult circumstances, he knew what the end result would be. Focused on the eternal, not on the temporal. Listen, I can think back at the different things in my life and distresses that come up from the time I was even a boy. Looking back and seeing how God used it. So even when we find ourselves in very difficult circumstances, facing trials or great sorrow or bereavement or difficult choices, facing events beyond our control, this is one area, you have a choice. You have a choice. You can either turn to rebellion, bitterness, or you can simply turn to the Lord. Trust Him with it knowing God is still on the throne, knowing He is here for me, that He's too wise to make a mistake, too loving to be unkind, and that He can even turn this into something amazing for His purpose. Knowing and believing in the goodness of God is key for so much in life. Even all that's going on now. It's as if we forget God is good. That hasn't changed. Who do we live for? What is life about? Is it about Him? We say yes. Well, then follow that. Is He good? He is. He's really good. To finish this, I want to give some help to being thankful when you don't feel like you want to be thankful. Let me give... What do I got? I think I have four. Just four. I have four. Four things here I want to give you for additional help at those times you don't feel like being thankful. Again, remember, it's thankful of that resting in God. It is thankful for you're His. Even with this God, boy, I can come to you and say thank you because I know how you could use it. If I didn't have Him, you're right. Nothing but distress. If I didn't have Him to use it in a different way, there's nothing to be thankful for. But I'm not in that condition. I'm in a place where the sovereign God can do something amazing. And I can be thankful for that in everything that takes place. Did I say go to Hebrews yet? I don't know. Hebrews chapter 12 if I didn't. Let me give you the four things here. We need to be thankful even for the chastening of God when it's difficult because of God's chastening on your life. Verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Let me just cover this one first. This is sort of one category in this. Okay? there are times that God does have to chasten us. There are times because of our sin and our rebellion, just like because God loves us. He doesn't do it out of a... Now, understand, He never chastens us out of a spirit of vengeance. He doesn't. It's as Hebrews 12 teaches us, it's because He loves us. He desires to get us going in the right direction for us. So sometimes it becomes necessary for God's chastisement to take place. So there are times that God will use suffering and trials to correct us, to teach us, to mature us. Listen, God's plan for us is not perfect health and prosperity. That is such a lie. His will for us is to be conformed to the image of His dear Son. And us be willing to say, Lord, to get to that point, may Your will be done. Do what's necessary. Number two. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Some more help to be thankful when you don't feel like it. Here's another principle. I know for many it's not going to be chastisement at all. But for some that will apply. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He has a serious issue that's taking place in his life right now. From the messenger of Satan... And he says this in verse 8, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. But it didn't. Verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Notice how that changed everything. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we do have the different times of trials and sufferings in life, understand that the Lord is exceptional at taking the times that we see our own weakness and turning that into a strength as we turn to God. As, as, as you get people to see, no wait, trying to find that, that those times in your life when you're most dependent upon God. usually it's because there was some major distress going on, and the Lord's putting it there to get you, hey, come back! Or don't think you got this on your own because you don't! When Paul realized that, oh, he was now, as you can see in those verses, thankful for what he was facing. He could give thanks for it. Thirdly, Philippians chapter 1. He said, But I would you should understand, verse 12, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Paul is writing the church at Philippi because they're aware that he is in prison. His life is miserable. They're worried about it. And Paul says, you know what? It's all right. I'm good with this because it's through this. It's through what's taking place, through the furtherance of the gospel. He sees how God is using it. He knows that it's through this that God is able to show His faith to others by what He's facing. So many times, what helps us to be thankful when going through those difficult times is during those times, during the tough times, when you can demonstrate faith in God that helps others. Through those difficulties that others are watching and see, you know what, God is real. It's in those difficult times that others see God is real in your life that He makes a difference. Remember that email. I've I, I brought it up a few times, but think of that email I got from that guy in high school. Think of his wording. Just a sentence or two is all he sent. Didn't hear from him over 20 years in high school. I, I forgot about him. No idea. 20-some years, never talked to him one time. Probably hadn't talked to him. At, last time I talked to him at some point in time, my senior year, I'm sitting in New Guinea, and I get an email from him out of the blue. And it just said, "Now I still have it. I can, I can show you this, this short little thing. He said, Mike Lambert was his name. He said, saved at age 31, you were right. Sorry for being belligerent to you in high school. Now, I don't remember him being one of those that did that. I mean, there's, there's plenty who did that. <laughs> when you go from, when you flip everything between your freshman and your sophomore year in a public school, you'll take the heat for that. Pretty strong, pretty quick. And so he was clearly one of them that did that. But the Lord used it. He was watching, and I never had a clue. So much so that that was in his heart. What he saw that when he was 31 with whatever was going on in his life, when he heard the gospel, you know what came to his mind? His high school years. So in those those times, and I've got to be honest, during those times I was was still growing in my faith. I was more under, Lord, I don't understand this. (laughs) I don't. I I don't know for certain there was one time when I was in high school that I said, Lord, thank you for this. This is really good. (laughs) I don't think I did that. But I should have. Lord, I don't know how you're going to use this, but I know you can. And he was, and I had no clue. I had no clue. There's at least one person. I'll find out there's any more. There's at least one person who was watching it. And lastly, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll finish here. the reason why I'm bringing these up is it helps to be thankful because it's easy to be thankful. Listen, there, obviously there's something wrong. You, you're in that Numbers 11, chapter, uh, verse 1 group. If, if you can't be thankful for the Word of God, for your church, for family, and things like that. All right? That's, for most of those Christians who are walking around, that's easy. All right? If you're not there, again, you're, you're definitely going to be of the category of critical spirit of something else in, in that line that you have to repent of and get right comfort. Lord, please help. Please, Lord, change me. I need this. So, for the majority of us, it's when things fall apart that we have trouble saying, Lord, thank you. So that's what this is about. To see how God can use it, how He can turn, how He can turn when you see how weak you are with the trial that you're facing. And God's not answering. You say, but Lord, I can be thankful because I know you can turn this into a strength for me. As I see my need and my dependence upon you. Lord, I can be thankful because it's through this that you can actually have those others who are watching me that I don't even know to help strengthen their faith or cause someone to come to know Christ. Do you understand the dark days, everything falling apart, that they should see a sense of of soundness to us right now. Of no anxiety. Knowing God's in control and that He's good. That's a light. 1 Peter 4 now, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials as a trial, so some strange some strange thing happen unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may also be glad with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit and glory of God resteth upon you. On their part He is evil spoken of, but on your part, this is the key, He is glorified. Many times it's through those times we can be thankful. It's during those difficult times that God is most glorified in our life. When He can do something. When He can work. It's allowing yourself to be thankful. Realizing, Lord, I don't understand how. And you might not be get to heaven. I don't understand how. But I do know this. You can use this. To your glory, I see it in the Word of God. Lord, thank you. Thank you that I'm not in this alone. Thank you that you choose to use difficult difficulties and storms to strengthen me for your honor and glory. Do you understand? God doesn't have to do any of that. You do know that doesn't have to do any of it, but He chooses to because He does love us. He has grace. So we have the command, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This one is even stressed. This is the will of God. We need that spirit of gratitude. We need it in our heart. We need it in our life.